welcome to this week's episode of Metaspiritual Talk on the Metaspiritualist Podcast. I'm your host, Marla, and through today's journey, we will be speaking with Elias Jameer Pulling. Elias provides an in-depth recount of his near-death experience on December 28, 2018, at the age of 27. Elias was plotted on, set up, and ultimately shot twice in the face at close range with hollow bullet points. He shares how he knew he was going to die at that moment until he heard a voice. Elias believes that on that day, it was the end of his life, but in all actuality, it was just the beginning. He shares his experience on the other side, meeting whom he believes is God. Now, at the age of 30, Elias has a new outlook on life as a husband and father, and he believes he is a part of Team Light. Through the receiving and expression of increased supernatural gifts and abilities, hearing and receiving signs from God in his dreams, and through numbers. He says, In this reality, we give things like fear so much attention, but things like fear don't exist on the other side. Sharing my story was something I never really wanted to do. Yet as time went on, I began believing I was supposed to have this experience so I could share what I learned. That the divine is not concerned about a lot of stuff we are trained to put ourselves down on. I believe that based on how I lived previously, that I wasn't worthy for God. Turns out, I'm an angelic tool. So I believe we all are, if I am. I am open to share with all who are willing and ready to hear about my near divine experience. I can't call it near death experience because for me, so much more living has started for me since then. I feel more like I was reborn. Elias has shared his account at venues in New York City and radio appearances, including The Margarita Room and Do The Knowledge Radio. We're so excited to share his experience with the Metaspiritualist Tribe. Take a listen. The Metaspiritualist is guided by the creator of the universe through prayer, meditation, and sound healing. Hi. How are you? I'm well. I'm so excited that um, I get to meet you. I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm excited people want to, uh, you know, just hear my story, honestly. I'm glad to share it. So I want to first thank you, Miss Abina, for setting this up. Um, I'm very appreciative of your diligence and, and getting um, Elias's word out, his experience and story. So I, I'm very grateful for this opportunity to meet with him. Well, Elias, welcome to the Meta Spiritualist. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good, good. So first, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, <laughs> where you're from and, and you know, just a little bit of, about your background. Okay. Well, for starters, um, I was born in Chicago. Um in like the mid nineties, my parent, my dad got a job out in Portland. So we all moved out here mm-hmm. and, you know, we kind of just all been out here ever since. Um, I went to high school out here, went to Wilson, went to Roosevelt. Uh, um, what else? It's a small city out here, you know, like it sounds like a big town Portland, but it's really small. So everybody kind of know everybody or mm-hmm. everybody knows somebody who knows somebody, you know. Oh, here go my son. Okay, so, yeah, I'm also a dad, as you can hear the baby voices in the background. Yeah. Uh, like my number one thing. That's just, It's just, it's a fun and different and awesome experience being a dad. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, and, uh, you know, just, you know, regular person, love sports, love cars, you know, Rams all day. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, uh, I'm just like, you know, a regular person, just like everybody else. You know, I, I watch BMF. I, you know, I eat spaghetti with uh, mm-hmm. Texas toast, you know, just like everybody else, you know. Um, cool. well, but well, a couple years ago, I had an experience that I, uh, other people haven't, which was I had got shot in the face twice mm-hmm. and then um, I crossed over. For, for a little while while I was in a coma for four days and then I woke from that 
and had to do some physical recovery and mm-hmm. just, you know, it, all from there it's just been getting better and better and better, you know, yeah. physically, yeah. mentally, spiritually, emotionally, you know. So, well, so yeah. tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Like, were you were you raised in a Christian home or a Catholic home? You know, what was your parents' um, spiritual influence on you growing up? So, so my biggest spiritual influence, I, my uncle, my uncle Charles, Elder Charles, is you know, because he actually went to school for this, and um, you know, I would go to church with him more often than my parents. You know, me and my siblings would go with him more than we go with our parents. So he was more of the biggest influence of, you know, going to church and, you know, being in the Bible and, you know, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't I wouldn't say like my parents were super religious or super spiritual either. They just kind of just. I don't know. Autopilot, I felt like when it came to their spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um. They, we never really did no deep practices with within the home, you know, stuff like that. Uh, we never really talked about deep spiritual experiences that we were having out, you know, individually. Besides dreams, in our family, we did take dreams serious. You know, mm. someone had a dream about this. You know, you better t- you better call and tell them. You know, that was how it was. Yeah. You know, so I and I haven't left. That hasn't left me because I still do that to this day. So, so you, you all were really into like interpretation of dreams, like dreams having, um, some type of message or warning for you. And so that was yeah. kind of like your, your spiritual compass. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was a little compass with that. Yeah. We was, we was definitely in the, the, the church to the Christian church. Okay. So you mentioned that you, you were shot in the face. You've experienced, you went through a coma, um, which leads me to my next question for you. Um, the turning point in your journey, how was that? What, what were you doing that brought you to that point of you having that awakening and that, that experience? Well, I mean, funny as it may sound, it was the getting shot. Mm-hmm. So what were, what were you doing leading up to that? Like, what was what was happening in your life right before um, that incident? Just, just um, well, I would say in my earlier years, right? Like, I would say my, like, teenage years when I had more independence, when I could leave my parents' house and do what I want to do for, you know, amount of time, I was being reckless, you know, being careless, being selfish, being uh, self-centered, you know? Mm-hmm manipulative um you know just out here with it so to speak mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know just really like really living as if there's no tomorrow almost you know because mm-hmm. i never thought i would even reach the age that i am now to be honest when i was dealing with the things that i was dealing with back then i never thought i was gonna see past 25 to be honest wow. so um you know I live past 25 and you know, that's a blessing. And I've lived past my experience. So that's a blessing as well. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. what was that? What was that day like for you? Can you, can you walk us through that day? Um, you know, when you woke up, you were going about your business and then boom, this incident happens where you're injured. Well, it's it got more of a backstory. It was it was it was random. I would say that because I didn't expect it. If I would have expected it, it wouldn't happen. So, the backstory is more or less like uh, I went to retrieve something that belonged to me from someone who re- kind of refused to bring give it to me. Mm-hmm. And when I got to get it, there was a problem, and you know we got into it, but not so much as the sense we started physically fighting. Right that argument went to the text messages and those text messages turned into an actual beef where when people see each other, they want to fight each other. You know, I want to fight him when I saw him the next time I saw, him, you know, cause I felt so disrespected. Mm-hmm. And he told me, well, next time I see you, I'll shoot you. And I didn't believe that. Cause I just thought it was just dumb talk. You know, that's angry talk. You know, yeah. you're not going to really shoot me out. We day ones, you know, we could funk. We, we could probably throw hands about it, but we're not about to shoot nobody about it. Right. We day one. So, retrieve my things, we get into it, we get into the arguments. The, the argument is so bad that, you know, I start getting so out of pocket. 
out of my own character. I had to check myself and I had and I had to stop because this ain't me. I don't mm-hmm. get down like that. Even though I'm out here with it, there's some there's boundaries and lines I just don't cross. Mm-hmm. And in that moment of my life, I checked myself about my boundaries and the, the, and the, the lines that I don't cross. Mm-hmm. And I studied, kept getting harassed on my phone. I started harassing my girlfriend's phone. So I blocked all the numbers. I get a call the next morning, like, yeah. I mean, in the midst of us getting into our text message conversation, he told me that the next time he gets my son, he would drown my son. Mm. So you took that as a threat. Like, you don't. Extreme threat. Yeah. We don't, we don't talk about, like, actually harming people's babies now. That's just out of line. Right. You know, so I called my son's mom because I have a baby mama, but I also have a wife. But my baby mama, the first one, she I called her and I had to tell her, like, look, the situation between me and such and such is really bad. Like, don't take our baby over there no more. Mm-hmm. She, she agreed. And she took him over there anyway, though, like mm-hmm. lied to me and said she wasn't going to do it. And she did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And the only reason she did it is because she wanted to go out and go hang out or something. And she usually does do that, which is drop my son off to my random friends or family members' houses. And I have to go find where my son is at. Mm. So that night she did it again. But I told her not to, but she did it anyway. The next morning I get a call. Hey, that's why I got your son, you bitch ass nigga. Now what you going to do? Mm. <clears throat> so... Me being the dad that I am, I have to go get my baby. Right. Okay. You know, there's some dads in this world that we see on like in, in mainstream, they're like really super dads, like LeVar Ball or something like that. Yeah. I'm that level crazy about my, my babies. Okay. Got it. Got I would look a fool for my baby. So I went to go get my baby. And when I get there, that house is abnormally cold and it's abnormally clean. And these people don't live that clean like that. So I'm tripping, you know, like. Mm-hmm. What did y'all do? Did y'all get y'all? Did y'all do my baby? And then like, then cleaned up after yourselves? Like, you know, like I'm tripping. So, Mm -hmm. and also I like, I didn't want no one else to tell me about my child's ultimate demise. I'm the father. I made them. I told you when he was born, but I should also tell you when he died, if that's the case. That's what I'm thinking. That's how I was feeling. So I went to go find my baby. I went walk into the kitchen. The kitchen's abnormally clean. Nothing's there. Okay. So then I start walking towards the uh, bathroom and I feel a presence behind me. Mm-hmm. And so I turn around and I see the person who shot me and this girl coming out of like a closet or like a black, a, a back corner of some sort mm-hmm. with a gun pointed at my face. I'm looking at the gun, looking at the person, look, looking at him to see if he like got the face to want to kill, you know? Looking at the gun to see if it's actually loaded and, you know, and it was. By the time I got done with all those thoughts, I was shot twice in the face right here. So in that moment, what was going through your mind? Like when you actually got shot? When I eventually got shot, what was going through my mind was I can't die here. Mm -hmm. I cannot die in this apartment. I can't die in this building. My soul is going to be trapped here. I can't die here. That's I don't know why thought, you thought that immediately, yeah. like your soul was going to be trapped in that space. Yes. That was the first things I was thinking. I was, I was thinking it, but in my mouth, I mean, as I was talking, I was talking to them saying like, I'm not going to fucking die in your apartment and, you know, just going off. But I'm thinking it like, I'm not dying right here. I have to mm-hmm. get up. I have mm-hmm. to get up and go outside, die outside. Don't die in here. I don't know why I was thinking that. Mercy. And so as I'm trying to get up, they're kicking me, stumping me out, hurry up and die. We finally got you, all that type of stuff. Um, the police end up being there. They tell them to come outside. Okay, this is when things get really weird. They leave the house. I'm laying on the ground, tired, I guess pretty much just ready to die at that point because I'm just so exhausted. I've been shot in the face twice. But you, you made it out of the house. I heard a voice. Mm. A voice told me to get up. And I ignored it the first time. Mm-hmm. Then it said it again a second time that like it was louder. And I heard it in this ear. I didn't, and which was weird is I had this ear. I was laying down this way. I remember mm-hmm. laying this way. So I heard it loud in this ear, which is why this ear doesn't like work as well for some reason now anymore. But I heard it. Get up. Get up. 
with so much more haste the second time. Mm-hmm. As I'm trying to I got, get out the house, I heard the voice again. Take your clothes off. They're going to shoot you. Take your clothes off. They're going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. So I took my clothes off. And at this point, I'm, I'm in socks, boxers, and a, like a wristband. Because always, I'm always wearing a wristband of some sort. Mm-hmm. That's all I had on. And the bullets that was in my body. I go outside. I go up, this, I go down some stairs and I go in this like little median, go up some stairs to get to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Lots of guns are pointed at me. Oh, Shotguns, AR-15s, every gun you could think of, revolvers are pointed all at me. And I had no clothes on. I pass out. I'm in the ambulance. I'm mm-hmm. feeling rigor mortis kick in. My nervous system is shutting down from the toes all the way up. I'm, mm-hmm. Now I'm having this out of body experience, like my, my, my like spirits outside of my body. Yeah. And I'm like in this football stance, like on one knee, like, like Colin Kaepernick type, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, come on, breathe, come on, breathe. I'm telling myself to breathe. And I'm thinking in my head, well, obviously I can't move no more. I should just only focus on breathing, you know, focus on my lungs. You can't control the outside, control the insides. You control your lungs, breathe, breathe. And my lungs are just going Lower and lower, 100 turned to 60, 60 turned to 10, 10 turned to zero. It just went fast. Everything went mm-hmm. black and then everything went white. Like it just starts sparkling and then it went white like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it took me to travel to the next dimension place. Mm-hmm. But when I, I like came to, when I was there, I was already standing up. Mm-hmm. or like just upright and I remember examining myself and I didn't see none of my tattoos I have tattoos all over I have like four or five tattoos none of them existed I have scars at the yin yang very obvious scars you know mm-hmm. like this one right here it's a very obvious scar that wasn't there a lot of them, nothing was there I didn't know how I got there I didn't know what happened to me I don't remember what happened to me I didn't think of my mom my dad my friends my mm-hmm. kids enemies I couldn't think of nothing all I was just thinking of myself and I started feeling my face I'm like why do I feel so young I feel like a a teenager or something I feel like I'm 15 or 16 years old wow but I know I'm grown I know I'm 30 years old mm-hmm. now I'm looking down I don't even see my legs because I have this like long like type of gown type of thing on mm-hmm. and I don't can't see my legs and I don't feel the sensation of walking so when I'm look, I look up and I see kind of like a silhouette of a city that looks familiar to me, but I'm, it don't look absolutely familiar. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is this? Where am I still? Like, what is this? Where am I? Mm-hmm. So I get the moving around. Now I'm noticing I don't feel the motion of walking when you know what I'm saying? I don't feel that. I don't feel wind hitting my body, my arms, my face as I'm walking. I got sensitive ears. If, I, if it's too cold outside, I get headaches because my ears get cold. So it's just some weird science with my body. Mm-hmm. None of those things were happening. The sky never changed. I didn't feel a temperature. It just felt comfortable. Wow. Comfortable temperature. Like it, it was not nighttime. It was not daytime. It was like maybe dusk or dawn. It was like right before the sun came up or right before the sun went down. It was like, mm-hmm. the sky was like an orange and purple, blue, pink. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. So I finally get to the city and um, I'm just noticing that it looks familiar. It looks similar to Chicago, which is where half of I'm from and from Portland, where half of I'm from. I've been going to Chicago my whole life. Mm-hmm. So this place looked so familiar. The city looks so familiar like things like uh jack's chicken was on lombard or on deacon street you know just random stuff or like uh you know just uh, like where the bulls play was was actually their stadium was where the, where the blazers play just weird stuff like that yeah you know because i actually stayed down the street from the bull stadium so it just all made sense in my head now that right. i'm all thinking about it so i'm looking around i don't see nobody else I don't hear nobody else. I see no birds, see no dogs, see no bugs, nothing, no bees, nothing. And um, I don't, I don't have a sense of panic 
scared, fear, worry. I just didn't feel none of those negative feelings of no any sort. You can go down the list of negative feelings. I don't believe feeling any of them. Wow. I don't remember. So let me let me ask you though, what was your what was your feelings of death before you realized that you were no longer in your body? Like in the natural realm, were you before afraid? I died? Yes. Were you afraid of dying or did you feel that death would be something different for you or? Um, all my life, I've never really feared death. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just it is what it is. Your time come, your time come. That's all I felt about it. But in, with that experience, it just like, I don't know, it, just, it did change me, mm-hmm. you know. So tell me about the, the time period. So you said you were in a coma. But in this time period, this is when all this supernatural things were happening to you. You were experiencing a different environment. In the natural, how much time had went by between the time you passed out in the ambulance to the time of of you waking up back into your body? So I was shot December 28th, 2018. And I woke up January 1st, 2019. Okay. So all those days that I was out did not feel like I was like out that many days in a row. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell that I was in a coma for, or in this other realm for days on out because the time never changed there. It's like, if I could, cause that's why I looked at the sky to see what time it was. Cause that's like Mm -hmm. my natural thing I do with myself. Cause I look at the sky to see what time it is, or at least guess what time it is at least, you know? And it never changed. So I couldn't tell what day, how many days have passed. Wow. It's like one long journey. So in this time of you being in the spirit, did you, did you experience other beings like other spirits or angelic beings? Did you see any, anything like that? So I would say I had three different uh, experiences. Well, the first one was when I went to go look for my dead best friend. Mm-hmm. He died when we he we died when we were like juniors in high school. Okay, I went to go look for him first. Couldn't find him. He left me a note saying, "This isn't the meeting spot no more. I'll see you later." Okay, boom. Then um, there was a thing I call a distraction, mm-hmm. and this thing that was the only time when I felt like a frustration type feeling or type of anger or something like I got to press the line is when I saw this thing. And I had, and then I'd had no thought of why I wanted to get on this thing, but I just like knew it had something to do with why I'm here, you know? So I got upset with it and it had no form. It just looked like if you were to take like a scoop of mud and just throw it against a wall, that was the shape. Mm. And it had like a ready type, dark red, orange type aura around it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I met this, the last one I thought well, to me, I don't know who she was, but she, I thought she was God. Because so you hold on, you said that you thought she was God. Yeah, I thought she was God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She. So, um, at one point, I was sitting at this bench, and it was like abnormally huge. It, it, it was like not human size, and I'm sitting at the bench and. Um, at one point she just appears and I'm just like in this like shocked and awe it's you like it's like I knew who it was and so I had this whole like oh my gosh it's really you you're here right here right now and she was so tall she was like 17 18 feet tall just so humongous and she was just she had like this slender type body but it was like very very feminine hourglass type shape she Mm -hmm. had super thick thick curls but there wasn't like bunches of the curls it was just like long curls long curls long curls and they went to about her elbow Mm -hmm. and when I think about how to describe her, have you ever seen the cartoon movie uh, Hercules? She looked like one of the, the singers on the on the uh, vases. Oh, wow. She almost looked like one of those, except her skin was glowing mm-hmm. with like a gold, like a light, just really warm, soft light. 
around her. She was warm, soft, light, but like I could see a dark tone on her skin or like on her arms and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I could never see her actual face. Couldn't see no details. Like I could see your details in your face. Mm -hmm. And she never moved her mouth. And like her outfit was white, but it was like not a blinding white, not a hurting your eyes, but it was just so just comfort. And I felt so much like, like safety and comfort and love and just acceptance and understanding. It was like, I was sitting on the lap of my, my great grandma or my auntie or something. Cause I didn't get a mama feeling and I didn't get a, you know, I got a strict like auntie or grandma feeling from this being. And, she, you know, as she got to telling me about myself, I just started to feel good about myself, but I also start to feel bad about myself because I know I knew at that moment in my life, she was talking to me like, oh, you know, I'm, I used to be a really bad person at one point, you know? Mm -hmm. I used to not like myself. When I look back at who I used to be, I didn't like that guy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't deal with that guy. And she's like, you know, that's no worry. You're, you're worried about things that have no matter, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this just made me feel really good. It was unmatched feeling. Mm -hmm. So, okay, um, before I ask the last question, I'll leave this space for how um, Miss Abina has suggested that you express the story. So um, wherever you want to start off or, or you have the floor. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm dadding right now, so bear with me. No, no, you're fine. It's quite all right. So... Um, Cities is merging. They're looking all the same. I'm moving all around. Just, you know, just I'm obviously I'm, at this point, I'm realizing that I'm of spirit or a ghost or something. I'm not a physical being. So I'm going to go do some spiritual stuff. I'm going to go look for my friends who have died. And if I could find them, then maybe I could find Tupac and have a gangster party. Who knows? But <laughs> I'm going to try. I went to go look for one of my, my, my bestest friends, my first best friend. I went to go look for him and he left me a note at like what looked like a similar store that we used to meet up to. It looked just like it. Mm -hmm. And when I got to the light, the like <clears throat> where the, 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 the store has like a parking lot, I got to the light and he had left a note there that says, this is not the meeting spot anymore. Um, I'll see you later. So after that, um, I started to uh, see that distraction thing and the distraction was like making me feel like it knew something about why I was in the predicament that I was so I always tried to get to it and every time I tried to get to it I would hear I would like get this sensation of pulling around me like or like not around me but from behind like like it felt like like just a bunch of hooks from like the top of my head all the way to the bottom of my body mm. and I was constantly trying to get to this thing because I was it, I felt like it knew something about why I was here and I could never get to it it felt like I was walking through quicksand or something with, with like like with like concrete boots or something like that mm -hmm. and so um Eventually, I, I like just stopped bothering that. And then I started hearing music. And I'm like, where is this music coming from? It's like playing like the four, five same songs back to back. And it's like songs that I listen to or songs that my girl listens to. So I'm like, I got to go find this music. I got to go find the music. And eventually, I get to the music and... um. When I get to the music, the the distraction that thing comes out again. And I'm trying to get to it, trying to get to it. And then the, the sensation of pulling happens again. But it's like the strongest that ever happened the whole time I've been there. Mm. And then after that, um, I look up because the music is like sounding like it's above my head. And the whole time I'm there, I couldn't turn around or look behind me or even look up. And when I finally look up, I start going up. Like I start, but just literally beaming up, like beam me up, Scotty. Wow. 
And uh, after that, I woke up in my bedroom and it felt like a real life, I'm alive again, or, or like that was just a real long bad dream. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I went to go tell my girl like about my crazy dreams that happened when I died and I met God and all this other stuff. And, you know, and God's a black woman and she's seven feet, 17, eight feet, feet tall you know just went to go tell her all this stuff and she's not responding at all and I thought I was in, in my real life because I could smell food I can feel the f- friction of heat when I was moving my legs in my bed I felt this in con- the condensation on my window it was so real mm-hmm. and I went to go tell her and it was nothing she didn't no response so I went to go put my I went to like touch her arms like hey Mario you want me talking to you and my hand went through her and I was like oh my gosh what is this? So then I look at my stairs and I see my stairs and it's like, like four or five stairs and they're like pitch black. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what, whatever it is, is meant for me. And I need to just be, a, don't be a punk. Just go, go heads up with it, whatever it is. So I go downstairs. And then when I go downstairs, I wake up in real life. And the person who was playing the music the whole time that I heard was my girl. She was playing music at my house. Wow cleaning my room, messing with my stuff, moving my basketball cards because I collect basketball cards and sports memorabilia. She's moving my stuff around, playing music. And I'm like, when I woke up in real life, I'm like, yo, was you playing music? Was you playing this song? She's like, yeah, but I was at your house. Wow. So she said all she was doing was like talking to me and in my room, telling me to come back and don't leave and stuff like that. And yeah. Wow. So you, you, when you woke up, you were in the hospital. Yeah. And how long were you in the hospital um, after coming out of your coma? So I, after that, I spent the next uh, almost month in the hospital recovering. Um, I had these big giant things called sutras down my nose. Mm-hmm. to keep my nose and my face from collapsing because I have like plastic surgery in my face. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told I wasn't going to be able to walk. I never believed that. I told them you're lying. Like I just never believed it. I was like, I'm not believing that. No. Mm-hmm. They told me I wasn't going to be able to talk anymore or, or like my speech pattern was going to be messed up. And that's kind of true. Like I stutter a little bit more now. Um, my memory is a little, you know, super foggy, but you know, you know, things are getting better every day. Things are getting better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I live with pain, you know, living with all this pain and that new newfound pain I have and PTSD and anxiety and stuff like that. But you know what? I'm getting better every day. So I have to keep telling myself I'm getting better every day. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so, yeah. in your, in your bio that, that Miss Abina sent to me, um, it mentioned something about you having spiritual abilities and um, supernatural experiences, you know, now after the fact, could you talk about that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So beforehand, um, before getting shot, you know, I kind of like ignored my spiritual abilities, you know, like picking up on signs. That's an ability. Uh, Getting, uh, really vivid dreams that are just like so real that you cannot believe it was a dream. You know, those are, those are abilities, those are gifts. Um, being able to like foresee things and stuff like that, you know, and like tell people like, hey, this is what's about to happen. And then it happens, you know, I've had, mm-hmm. I've had all those abilities my whole life since I was a kid, you know. And at one point I was told it was weird, you know, oh, you're weird. You're the, you know, you're a weirdo. So I just like ignored it and like let it go. Just, mm-hmm. You know, and then all the way up until pretty much until I got shot, to be honest. And then I got shot. All that weird stuff happened to me. I wouldn't say weird anymore, but all that super spiritual stuff happened to me. And I just was like, okay, like, I need to just stop, like, stop playing with myself, mm-hmm. you know, and get serious with my destiny or what I'm cut for, you know? Yeah. Now, do you, would you say that you pick up on, like, warnings and signs now quicker and you have you had any experiences where there could have been a situation that you now you and your you know protecting your family have avoided um yeah and no so i have a friend 
named Tension, R.I.P. Tension. That was the homie. He passed away three days after I had a dream about him dying the way he died. And um, him and myself actually really went on speaking terms at the point because I had used his name in a lie to get some information out of somebody else. So he was upset about that. He wasn't talking to me at the moment. But I had called someone else, a mutual friend, and he was with them. And I seen him in the background on FaceTime, and I did not say something to him about the dream I had about him. And then three days later, he died. He was killed. <clears throat> um, what else? I had a dream about my mom getting into a car accident a week before she got into that. And I don't be like really telling everybody. I just, because I don't want to jinx them or make them feel, you know. Right. But I tell my wife, like, every dream I have every morning, and I'm like, yo, like, my mom just got a car accident. She's like, yeah, you just had a dream about that. And I'd be forgetting. I'd be telling her these dreams when I wake up, you know. So, mm-hmm. It's the dreams. It's the picking up on triple numbers. Like, I see them everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. I can't go anywhere without seeing triple numbers. Put that down and I didn't know. I never understood what that meant up until more recently in my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my intuition is crazy. Like if my, if if something's really really bad and I don't act on it to, in my, with my intuition, like if my intuition tells me to do something and I don't do it, I get stomach aches, throwing up, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, at one point in my like spiritual journey, I was on the other side and at this bench where I saw God before God put like what I believe is God. I'm, I'm gonna just say that what I believe was God mm-hmm. before she pulled up this this big movie like drive-in movie theater screen type it was just huge it was just for me and at this moment i'm thinking to myself oh it must be heaven right at this moment it's a nice wooden bench because i like carved wood that's my cool thing i like for myself you know craftsman's work and in movies i love movies so this must be my heaven like i get to chill here and watch movies all the time awesome right but really it was just snapshots of everyone like the future or something like that because i was seeing snapshots of random people's lives i've never met I don't know these people. I don't remember knowing them, at least. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just seeing all this random stuff. Seeing all this random stuff. Then it finally comes to me. And I'm on, like, this big, giant yacht or something. And I, we're, the yacht's just moving, you know? The yacht's just, the yacht's just moving. And it's just going super fast. And I could, as I'm watching um, this big screen of myself, I can feel the sensation of being on that boat. I can feel the motion of the ocean. I can feel the breeze from the water and the wind. I can feel the like the slight anxiety I have when I'm around strangers that I don't know and I they want to know about me, you know. All that was feeling real as I'm sitting there watching it. Mm-hmm. And I'm on this, and all these random people are there. And I'm as I am in real life, you don't ask, I don't tell, you know. I'm just reserved like that. And so this random uh group of people were there, some and they're just like talking about their lives and how they got to where they are, and it got to me eventually. And they're like, yeah, what about you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did this and did that. And I got shot in the face, like, at this age of my time in my life. And they're like, no way. You know, and this guy, this one guy goes, no way. Look at me. I have no legs. Because whatever happened to him. And he had dark hair and he had a black, he had dark hair and he had a dark goatee and he had glasses. And he was in a wheelchair. And I got to tell him my story. And I'm just like, remember seeing myself and I just look super duper fly. Like, I don't nice white outfit, nice white straw hat with like black thing around it. I don't like like lots of gold, you know, chains and rings. And I probably had a grill on because I wear grills time to time. Like I just was so fly, but I was older. Like I had sandals on. I don't wear sandals. <laughs> like, you know, so my I had to have some I had to have some money in my pocket to get my feet done. You know what I'm saying? Like I was looking so, so fly. And so after that scene is when when what I believe is God pulled up because I've heard just I, I can't even just I can't use a word to really describe the actual emotion I had when I when I first saw her. It's just the word I can't use is just in complete awe and amazement. Just like it's really you, you're really here. That's that's all I can think of. If you can mm-hmm. put that in the words, you're really here, like you know, yeah. that's what it was. No, that's that's amazing. So when I was when I was talking to what I believe was God, she started telling me about myself and that like 
You know, you're you're a good guy, you're a good man, you're honest, this, that, and the other. You have these great qualities, mm-hmm. but you have to go back. You can't stay here. And I got upset because I was comfortable. Everything was perfect. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't thirsty. I wasn't itchy. I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried about paying no bills, you know, being traffic, mm-hmm. racism, you know, nothing. Right. I didn't want to come back. Like, no, you're not done. You got to go back. And in that moment, I looked away because I was like sad about having to come back. But when I looked back, she was gone. So and I always tell you, people, you know, if you got your eye on God, don't look away. <laughs> that's a good point to make, actually. So would, would you say that after that is when you started to hear the music playing and then you were able to see your girlfriend at the time in your room? Because yeah, so like away. it's almost like. Right after that, after she disappeared, and then I saw the thing one more time, then music and stuff started playing, and I was able to come find the music, because it never sounded like it was too far. It's like it sounded like it was getting closer and closer, but it never sounded like I was, like, I don't know, like, I can tell what direction music is coming from, like the sound wave, if it's mm-hmm. coming from behind or under me, or, but I could strictly feel it above me. So I'm like, okay, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, and so when I finally look up, that's that's when I start going up, start beaming up. Wow, this is, yeah. this is, this is an amazing story. It was a great experience. It was I'm actually really enjoying my. Uh, I feel like like since I came back, I'm like I'm like a new 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 me. I just feel reborn. Mm-hmm. I really do. So like I have like this new life's purpose. And it's all working out and it's not selfish bound, you know, it's, it's, it's based in some like help my fellow man stuff. So it just makes me feel great. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate that I had to go through that to get what I got, but I'm glad I got it so I can give it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what would be a word of encouragement that you'd like to share about anyone who is uncertain on their spiritual journey? What, what would you say to encourage them? First thing I would say is uh, God's not tripping. That's what I always tell everybody. She's not tripping because mm-hmm. if I was allowed to come back and she saw all the light, the, the, the little bit of light that I think I got, but which is really big in her eyes, then you, you, you got it too. You're worthy too. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff that's about you, you, you're not good enough because you think this way, thought this way, like this person, whatever, bro. That's, that's, that's no worries, bro. It's mm-hmm. really not. Focus on love and like you gonna be I. Right. That's so easy. Focusing on one thing, it's really easy. You know, mm-hmm. don't be so harsh on yourself because God's not tripping. You know, I like that. So what you know, uh, that brings another point I wanted to ask you. I'm sorry. Um, it's cool. The the emotion of fear. You mentioned that in your in your um, in your bio. I read that about fear being an illusion. Can you can you explain what it's like to not have fear? Like for those of us, you know, who's not had that type of experience. So I would say like it's just like we have been indoctrinated and just like brainwashed to think death is just like this big scary thing because like we have horror movies out right mm-hmm. and we have uh, thrillers the suspense movies where people just die and he's like like just heinous ways all the time well it's just like okay yeah those things happen to some people but majority of people those don't happen so like just like they probably got it probably makes people more scared from like media it's like what we got to put into our brains what what could be scary on the other side like you know like the poltergeist and stuff like that you know just I think that's just like really messed us up and thinking about what could be on the other side for us mm-hmm. which is where the fear comes from because the fear is mostly based on the unknown you know mm-hmm. and I went to the unknown and it's really not it's not in a scary place mm-hmm. it, it, it's all custom made that yeah you know if you're into you know whatever you're into your city is probably going to be based off your, your city that you go to and your other side is going to be based off that mm-hmm. so you know uh yeah 
You know, that's interesting because you, you experienced a different side of the other side. Um, But Mm -hmm. there's others out there who've had an out of body experience or a near death experience or a spiritual experience that took them to what, what Christians believe is hell. Right. And that wasn't your experience. So you were you you were able to come back and share the love and share the light of of God. Absolutely. Cause you know, that's that's what I when I got shot and I was laying on the ground dying, mm-hmm. I said to myself, God, I know I'm not being the best nigga ever, but please let me upstairs. I'm sorry for everything. Please let me upstairs. I was like, I was just praying because I, I didn't believe I was gonna make it. But I didn't want to die right here. I knew I was going to, I believe I was going to die, but I didn't think I was going to die right there, you know? And it's just, it's a lot more love available than, than, than not, you know, mm-hmm. from the upstairs of you and how I talk, you know, yeah. it's a lot more love available upstairs than you think. Cause man, if I got a piece of it, everybody else is worthy. You know, I mean, I'm not some crazy lunatic, but I, I've, all, I've never just always been the best person ever. I've never always showed the best version of myself mm-hmm. on some to be real, you know? So if I'm worthy, we are worthy. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I, I think that's, that's very honorable of you. And, um, and also real, you know, cause some people, they, they won't take ownership of those things, you know? Um, but we all are here and any human that experiences, trauma or disappointment or frustration like that's not operating in our higher self you know exactly i think of malcolm x when i think of it mm-hmm. he was operating on his lowest vibration but he was good at operating on his lowest vibration then he started focusing on his highest vibration and he was good at that as well so that's where i'm at with it focusing on my highest vibration you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and just do it do what it do <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Miss Abina said, I hope that that is in the book. <laughs> so are Which you part? are you writing are you writing that your book? There's more love upstairs than, than downstairs because I think that's that's very important because when you mix that in with the fear that we've been indoctrinated with, you know, and you have been to the other side and like it's more about love than anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. Mm-hmm. So you're writing a book? I am. I am writing a book. I'm currently working on the book. Um, I hope to be absolutely done with the first draft by March. I'm working on it daily. So, yeah, it's going to have all the juicy details in it. You know, names will be changed to protect the whatever, however that's supposed to go. And, you know, just based on a true story so it's definitely no it's no cap <laughs> yeah yeah no i i'm looking forward to that and and definitely when you release it let us know and and i i don't mind sharing it on my platform for people to come to your website or where your social handles and and purchase your book cuz this is powerful big thanks big thanks um I may or may not release my book as an NFT. I'm not sure yet. I'd have mm-hmm. to look into it more. I'm still studying on that because, I mean, it's the new wave. I just might as well try it. I don't know. But mm-hmm. the book is being worked on. You know, nevertheless, it's being worked on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share before we close out this episode? My little brother was killed like a month and a like almost two months ago. Mm. Um, and he's just been visiting me like, you know, regularly almost at this point, like as if he was here in real life. So while we were, um, in New York, I was getting ready to tell my story on my last day. And my little brother was just in the back being silly. Like I just felt him just doing silly stuff, like throwing stuff around. He was only 17. So he just a kid still, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just like, felt him doing stuff behind me. And then he was, you know, just, he was just in the area. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Um, he, I think, uh, one, at one moment I was talking about him in one of my speeches and my phone 
brightens up on triple five, you know, and someone's like, hey, your phone just lit up on triple five, you know, it's just, you know, my little brother's just always, he's always uh, coming through. Like, like I said, the other day he came to my dream and we just was kicking it. Mm -hmm. Like, because we had just been on a road trip, like maybe like three months before he died or like mm -hmm. four months before he died. And we were just having a fun. Like he's 17. He wanted to go to Vegas for spring break or something like that. And we just was kicking it. And I was just showing him, you know, big brother style, you know, that's how we have fun, man. We don't got to be reckless, man. So, and he, we was doing it in my dream pretty much. It was great. It was great. I'm so glad you came through Seneca. That's so cool. So, dang, that leads me to one more question. I have to ask this question. So, you see um, spiritual beings now in the natural. Like, you you see them or you feel so I don't their presence? See, like, definitely feel the presence. Absolutely for sure. Um, One day I had a meeting in my room, in my living room, with like, I think like it was like six or seven energies in my living room. Mm -hmm. Like all the homies were just pulling up because I started talking about how I need to get on so I could take care of myself and take care of everybody, all the homies' kids who ain't here. And as I'm talking about it, I'm feeling as if people are coming into the room. Mm. You know, like if they came in real life, I'd be like, oh, what's up with you? You know, oh, when'd you yeah. get here? It was like that. Like I was feeling those emotions. I'm like, okay, when did you get here? Because like, when did, like, my, home, my, my homie EJ pulled up, uh, Seneca was here, Tension was here, LeBray was here, uh, Taj was here. Uh, they would, like, a lot of the dude homies was here. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting up here, like, really sitting here, like, talking, like, I need y'all to help me, bro. I need y'all to do y'all thing so I can do my thing so I can take care of y'all business since y'all ain't here because I take care of it since y'all ain't here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would expect y'all to do that for me if I wasn't here. Take care of my, my business for me, at least try. And so, yeah, I definitely be feeling the energies come through. My little brother's the one who's been coming through the most. He just messes with my refrigerator. He don't, I don't <laughs> see him, his physical being, but he be doing stuff. He always messes with my refrigerator, always opening it, moving stuff inside of it. He was playing with my kids and stuff, like moving my kids' bottles and stuff. And I'd be like, you know what? Whoever has my kid's bottle got to bring that back. That's nothing to play with. Bring that back. Right. And I turn around <laughs> and the bottle's right where yeah. I left it, you know? Um, so they stopped doing that, but everything else gets messed with, mm -hmm. you know? Um, TV turns off by itself, stuff like that. Yeah. Miss Abina put in the chat that angel number 555 reveals that you should stay confident and positive about the changes around you because angels are headed your way. Um a little, a little bit about me, if you don't mind. And I, I, I don't know how much time you have, but I have. We got all the time. We got all the time. Um, so I, I did have a spiritual experience in my early twenties. Uh, my late, I was going from nineteen, entering into my twenties, and mm -hmm. ever since I've, I've definitely felt a connection spiritually with, you know, elders, like mainly older people, and. Um, but recently in the last, I'd say year, two years, I've been seeing the angel numbers. What would you say, um, like for someone like me, who's, who's definitely on a spiritual path and are seeing the messages, but not clearly understanding what spirit is trying to tell me. And to be 100 with you, I have the same question Okay, because I'm, I'm like, like I told you, I ignored my abilities and my, my journey for a long time. So, and all honesty, a lot of this stuff is I ain't started really re back doing this stuff for like the last two years. It's, it's kind of new to me. Mm -hmm. So when I see triple numbers, I see it as, okay, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Same with my deja vu. My deja vu is pretty crazy too. So when I see my triple numbers, okay, I'm where I'm supposed to be, but like, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't actually have a real life reference book to go to. So I like go to Google or I ask Abno or ask someone I know. So, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I couldn't tell you. But I do I do believe that that does mean that, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, you know, you got your team of angels and, or your head angel who has a team of angels for you. So I, mean, I believe that they obviously keep trying to get our attention. I'm speaking mm -hmm. for the both of us and get us to do something more because we are doing what we're supposed to do. That's why they keep showing us. 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah, keep going this way. I feel like there's footsteps glowing mm-hmm. in the dark, you know? Like, this this world is so dark, but these little angel numbers, a little glow in the dark, little dots, like crumbs that we follow. Like, okay, I'm going the right way. Okay, I can't see anything. I don't know what's going on. I'm not scared. Okay, I'll keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about that. No, I love that explanation Um, because, you know, I just feel like sometimes Google, even though information is at our fingertips, it's really hard to dial into uh, the frequency of of spirits sometimes because of all the distractions that we are faced with every day, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, not even just like the bad distractions. We have our lives that we have to live and all the things we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This was, this was so, uh, such a blessing for me. I I'm really inspired by your story. I'm so grateful that you're here to tell it and to help other people, you know, who may find themselves in a similar situation. Like your story is so powerful and I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share it. I really appreciate you inviting me to be here so I can share the story and it could be a help to other people some way, somehow, because, you know, I actually usually don't do stuff like this. My little mm-hmm. brother, Seneca, was the main one who used to tell me, bro, you got to tell people. You got to tell people, bro. And every time I get around him or his little friends, he would be like, bro, tell him you a legend because he would be like, my brother's a legend. <laughs> he tell you why he a legend. He lived. He lived. He didn't die. You know, and so. Mm-hmm. And he would always encourage me to go tell people. And so, like, I feel like I'm doing also a little a little doing right by him by doing this as well, you know, because yeah. he would always encourage me to tell people, bro, you don't even know, bro. You, bro, it makes people feel like they, 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 could, they could do anything, bro, if you just tell them. And it's like, all right, you know, like, I don't want to tell people to feel like I'm some type of Rambo or something because I don't feel like that. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like I'm super hard, you know, a super hard person with a bullet would have bounced off them, right? I'm human, right. <laughs> a regular person. Right, right. No, and I thank you, Miss Abina, for setting this up for us because without you, this wouldn't be possible. I always tell her she's a great connector. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, um, when I think about your, your your little brother, I just think like that was like part of his soul contract, you know, to be able to help you you know, did he transition to be able to help you? Because I just think about, you know, how there there's just no coincidence, coincidences and the time. And though and I just wonder like when your when the brothers come to you like that, are there more messages that they have for other people? So that's why when you're talking, I was like, Yeah, you're on your way to becoming hood spiritualist. I hope so. I mean, because I talk like them. I look like them. I do mm-hmm. almost everything that y'all do. I got a baby mom. I got a wife. You feel me? I play 2K. You know, I watch BMF too. You know, I drive a car. They got rims on it and tents too, bro. But I love, I love the most high and we got abilities that we need to tap into. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got to be wearing a robe and you know what I'm saying? And all that type of stuff, bro. They ain't got to do all that, bro. Have it in here. It got to be right there. And yeah. in there. And you good. That's all you need to be coated with. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can wear whatever you want, bro. Wear a grill. Wear a chain. Wear Valenciagas. Wear whatever Jordans. Whatever. God don't care about your coating, bro. Because when you get upstairs, you, none, of, none of that stuff matters. You're not going to have any of it. Tattoos, your jewelry, your clothes. She don't care about none of that, bro. You're going to go upstairs. You're going to look like everybody else. Everybody else got the same outfits on. <laughs> like, yeah. like, bro, you, it's a lot that we be tripping on, man. And God is not tripping. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I just hope that I could keep relaying that message. Look at me, bro. Yeah. Go, You can look me up, bro. Go look at Monoma County, bro. I'm just like you, bro. I done been arrested too, bro. All that. I'm just like you, bro. I got child support too, bro. Yeah. What else? What else you got, bro? I'm just like you. Name it. I got it, bro. I done did it. So yeah. if I'm worthy, you worthy. It's, it's like... Um, it's like the time that you, you said... Um, you know, the you you want the brothers to be able to. Um, you were saying that 
you want to tell the brothers they don't have to be shot. They don't have to get shot to be able to like learn about themselves and go deep and like connect oh, with themselves because they don't. have the heart. You know, they have the bravery if they're able to be in the car, you know, with the paraphernalia. <laughs> right. You got if you, you know, if you balls enough to street, be out here like that, that, bro, that. you balls enough to go see what's up with upstairs. Go see what's up with your spirituality, bro. You might not know you wake up with some real life energy and power on you. You won't even know if you just try that one time. Mm. That's what happened to me, except it was forced on me. And I'm glad it happened. You know what I'm saying? But I'm that cousin. I'm your cousin. I'm your nephew. I'm your uncle. I'm your big brother. I'm that dad. I'm just like y'all, bro. Just like y'all. Like, man, like, I'm glad it happened to me. So you can realize that somebody just like me probably have, I'm probably just like him, you know, if they see me. So hopefully. No, that's real. That's so real. And so you, you, uh, have you, have you coined the term hood spiritualist? Can we call you? I think I'm going to have to go with that. I think that sounds perfect, actually. Yeah, we got the hood spiritualist on the meta spiritualist. Right, because I really, I really throw like a shot of henny with you and talk about angels. Like I really will. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No, this was like I, I'm really about that. No, that's like, real. I'm, I'm really like this, you know. Yeah. So, do you have um an Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? Where where can we find you? Um. So I do have a Twitter. Um, I do have Instagram, and I, I don't really, yeah, I still really use Twitter and Instagram, to be honest. Facebook keeps suspending me, because I keep talking about black people, and they just keep suspending me, so I don't know. But, well, the United States just got found guilty for genocide, so I keep talking about it, and all of a sudden, I'm suspended off Facebook, so who knows? But, um, yeah, so my Instagram, I just changed my Instagram name, because, you know, I just had to change it because I people think it's a little too much. So my my Instagram name is Eastside EJ. Okay, Eastside so EJ. All one word. <clears throat> okay. And then my Twitter is Second Time Elias. All one word. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> Second, Second time, time Elias. Yeah. Okay. Or you could, it might pop up Eastside Elias as well. So, okay. So, but um, yeah. I I I thank you so much for for being on my show, the Meta Spiritual. No, really thank you, you thank you, thank you. Um, um, real quickly, mm-hmm. I just want to say one thing about religion. To me, and I'm I could have it wrong, but I think religion is like water. We all need it to live, you know, but everybody drink water differently. Somebody drink lemonade. Some people drink uh, plain water. Some people drink uh, mango juice. Some people drink beer, but we all need water, the base root, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't think it matters how you get nu- uh, your nutrients as long as you're growing, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's how I feel about religions. You know, it's, it's, it's too separated based. No, that's a great analogy, actually. I never thought about it like that. Um, I used to see there was an old episode of, I think, What's Happening? I mean, um, and there was an episode where Rerun joined a cult and they worshipped like a head of lettuce. A head of lettuce or a cabbage, whatever. And, you know, and I think about it now, it's like, um, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you call it, what the symbol, it could be a head of cabbage and, and maybe you wouldn't be wrong with that because it's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find the, um, the, the divisions, you know, the divisions are just, you know, you're talking about trying to define and label the infinite, Right. You know, you're putting you it, you're trying that. to put the infinite in into a box and saying you're right, but then you're putting all these rules on top of it and making the box just tighter and tighter. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's no, I think because you our human minds can't comprehend the infinite power of the source. And so we have I mean, to I saw it, I still can't even. 
And, and I think that's another reason why your story is so important because, um, you know, it lets people know there's so much more. And, and what's coming to my mind is I'm thinking, you know, coming, you know, having a, a discussion in the future and someone experienced such cognitive dissonance, you know, with your story mm -hmm. and to what they've been to what they've known. And I could see them trying to say, oh no, they're just, I could see them trying to interpret your experience in a way that that they can understand. It's like, no, you need to work that out. You know, this mm. is his experience. Um, and, and I feel that your account for me, your account was like a lot of confirmation for me you know, for some things that I feel, you know, happen when we release this, mm. you know, I definitely felt it was just, you know, a whole lot of confirmation just in, you know, many things that I've read, you know, people astral project and leaving their bodies and just all of those other metaphysical things, even like what the yogis can do is like the, you know, we're so bound to this flesh, but when we're not in it, like we can do so many things I you know and I look at like what the yogis and these other people do in their practices to try to um transmute you, you know transmute the the physical limitations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no that's good oh y'all we can go all night <laughs> <laughs> thank you all right well y'all have a great evening I'm I'm gonna you have too. to jump um, cause my kids are at home waiting on pizza. <laughs> it's Friday. And it's, it's almost, yes, it's almost 10 o'clock here. So I have to work tomorrow. So yeah. <laughs> well, I'm on dad duty. So it looks like we're having fries and burgers tonight. So <laughs> I love it. But, but this has been really wonderful. Um, you know, this has been one of the most enjoyable, um, interviews, um, that we've, um, had. So I, I really, really appreciate appreciate you taking the, the time to allow him to share story. Also, I'd like to say very well set up, just the whole plot, the whole set, <laughs> set up, your whole syllabus. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, I really you. appreciate it. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. All Amen. right. So everyone, good night. Good night. Good night. Peace. Thank you all so much for tuning in for today's Metaspiritual Talk. We also want to thank Elias for sharing his near divine experience on the Metaspiritualist. Lastly, we'd like to give a beautiful love shout out to Miss Abina Anum out of the Bronx for connecting Elias with the Metaspiritualist. To dial into our frequency, be sure to follow us on Facebook at the Metaspiritualist. Twitter at Metaspirit21, and of course on Podbean, Apple, Google, the iHeartRadio app, and Listen Notes. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our newsletter. Each week, I release a new issue that shares a personal perspective, an affirmation for the collective, and a hype of a friend of the Metaspiritualist. If you enjoy the content being brought to you, feel free to message us at metaspiritualist at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope that you're in a place of peace, harmony, love, and abundance.